Now, some of you might have heard, this is our 20th anniversary. We have been doing this for 20 years, bringing the best in pop culture and sci-fi fandom to Kansas City. Woo! All right, so before we get started, just a reminder, we love when you guys take photos, but please, no flash photography. And when you post, be sure to use the hashtag PCKC. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Let's welcome to the stage our host. She's a singer and wrestling personality, Kid Cadet! What an introduction. All right, Planet Cobblepot, how are you guys feeling? Yeah. We made it to day three. All right, guys, without any further ado, let's bring out the guest of the hour. Ladies and gentlemen, she is Jennifer Morrissey! First of all, I just want to say I absolutely adore your style. I've been looking at all your pictures this weekend with the fans from Planet Comic Con, and I, I love everything that you've worn this weekend, and uh, thank you. So what has your interactions been like here this weekend? It's been great. Everybody's so friendly, and um, been, had lots of people at the table, and you know, it's been kind of a happy, great Comic Con. Awesome. Yeah, we'll take that. Happy, great Comic Con. Woo! So, the first thing I want to talk to you about is obviously your incredible role of Emma Swan on Once Upon a Time, right? <laughs> and I think one of the best things about the role is the fact that you essentially get to play both sides of it. You get to be good and you get to be evil. So what would you say has been the biggest character arc for you as Emma? Um... Well, I think there were two sort of big stretches. There was the first season, which was Emma going from not knowing who she truly was and not knowing who her parents were and, you know, realizing there was this curse and all these things. So I felt like that was, uh, you know, a pretty strong arc. And then I, the other bigger arc, I think, was, you know, when it was Dark Swan. So um, obviously it was a whole different journey for her to explore what it was to not necessarily have the best instincts all the time. Did you have a favorite side of Emma, perhaps? Well, you know, I get this question a lot, and it's tricky to answer because, you know, I love Emma for who she truly is, and I and I loved that that was the core of who she was, that she always wants to do the right thing, even if the right thing is a hard thing. Um, but as an actor and, and someone who played the character for six years, it is nice to mix it up. So there is also a, a real fun and a joy to um, building Dark Swan and playing her for that stretch of time and doing something totally different than what I had been doing for the years leading up to that. And out of curiosity, when you were growing up, did you ever have a favorite fairy tale? I think, I mean, I had a lot of favorite fairy tales. I, you know, we saw a lot of Disney movies and stuff as kids, and um, I loved Cinderella, and I loved Little Mermaid, and I, and I especially loved Beauty and the Beast. I felt like uh, there was something about Belle, like, I think because she loved reading, and I loved reading, somehow I, you know, identified with that. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I mean, all of those Disney movies were, were significant to me as a kid. Who would you say were some of the, uh, your favorite characters that you got to interact with on the show? Um, 
Gosh, I, I, you know, it was really fun to, to just always wonder what was coming next. You know, it was definitely, um, you know, obviously we had the core group, but um, we'd have these different arcs that came on. You know, we had Peter Pan for a while, which was great. And then um, the Frozen, the whole Frozen gang came on for a while, and that was great. <laughs> Yeah, um, Joanna Garcia is a good friend of mine. She played Little Mermaid, so it was fun to have her there. So there were a lot of really fun um, guest arcs that we, we had come through. Now, obviously you're attached to Emma, but if there was another character that you could have played on this show, I wouldn't have done it. No, you wouldn't have done it? <laughs> so what were you initially thinking when you were offered the role of Emma? I just was really blown away by the script and I loved the concept. I thought this was a great idea to have all these characters all come together and, and see how they interacted and fill in all the blanks of the things you kind of wonder about, you know, when you read those stories. Um, and I also really loved the female empowerment element to it. I loved this idea that, um, you know, these, these were really strong, strong women who were going to take care of themselves and they were going to fight for their families and, um, and they weren't waiting for, you know, a prince to come along to save them. Wow. Wow. Very good point. And how soon into your character did you learn that you were going to have this dark side? Um, we didn't, I don't think that that was really anything we talked about until we started getting closer to that, that arc. I think once we were in sort of season four leading up to it, you know, um, as soon as Eddie and Adam who were the showrunners, which I'm sure you guys know that. Um, but uh, when they had the idea for that in the writer's room, like they pretty quickly brought me in on figuring out what that meant and who she was going to be. Um, but it was, you know, we were pretty well into the series before that became the plan. I think that's what like makes your character so cool is because you're essentially like as a person and as this character learning about it at the same time and then you know you as this character have to make these changes and I think it worked out really really well. I loved seeing that dark side of your character a lot. Oh, thank you. I you know I thought it was an important moment for Emma. I think it's an important moment in anyone's life to sort of explore all the different corners of who you are and um, you know it was an interesting trial for her to to sort of be dealing with dark feelings and, and try to still overcome them in some way. Absolutely. So if it's okay with you, we're going to take some questions from the audience. We have a microphone. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you got some fans. Um, so I kindly just ask one question per person and let us know your name. different things that were, you know, their own challenges, but oftentimes both Colin and I say that the scene when uh, Emma, Dark Emma, had to kill Dark Hook, um, because it was, it was just, it was an upsetting scene, and we had to stay upset for a really long time, but we ended up having to shoot the scene twice, so we had to sort of go back into that headspace two separate times, and um, we'd shot it outside in the forest, and then because of the rain, there were some technical issues, and then we had to redo it on the green screen, and so it was it was just something that ended up being, you know, definitely a challenge, but it also, as much as I often say that was one of the more challenging scenes to shoot, it was also one of the more rewarding scenes to shoot. So, you know, sometimes just because something's difficult doesn't mean it's not something you're enjoying in its own way as well. Thank you so much. Sure. Ooh, what's your name? My name is Sarah. Um, I've kind of seen you do a lot of acting with House and with Once Upon a Time, and you've always been super inspiring and super cool. 
Um, and I'm kind of wondering, like, we saw you as Allison Cameron on House, mm -hmm. and we saw you as Emma Swan on Once Upon a Time. Both roles were just super, super empowering. What do you kind of see for the future of your acting? Um, you know, for me, it's always, I'm always just looking for the, the something that's different than what I did before, you know. Um, and so I don't necessarily, I couldn't necessarily say, oh, it's it's got to be this or that. But, you know, when I came off of doing House for all those years, I, I went and did a play on Broadway, and then I ended up doing How I Met Your Mother for a season, so it was kind of nice to mix it up and do something fun and funny and bring something so serious, you know. Um, and then, you know, Once Upon a Time came around, and... Um, to play sort of this female superhero kind of character with something new and different. Um, so I'm always looking for whatever whatever the next thing is for it to be different, you know, a, a new challenge. So, um, you know, I've been directing quite a bit, and so I some of that stuff is all starting to kind of come together and come out. And, um, and then in addition to that, I just shot a pilot called Under the Bridge, um, and that character is also something completely new and different than what I've done before. So, um, so for me, it's it's more about finding just the new thing, the thing that's a little bit different than the thing before. Well, I've loved what you've done so far, so I can't wait to see what you have for the future. Thank, Thank you so much. You. Thank you. What's your name? Hi, my name's Erica. Hi. Hey, Jen. I was really excited to see them announce that you were going to be Catwoman, the voice of Catwoman. Mm -hmm. Hush. How did that come about? Have you done voice acting before? Um, I've done little bits of stuff here and there. I don't know. They just called me and asked me to do it, and I said yes. <laughs> so I loved it. It was it was really fun, and um, you know who wouldn't want to play the voice of Catwoman? And uh, I really enjoyed it. I think uh, everything I've seen of it, I'm super pleased with how it's come together, and I'm excited to see the whole movie. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. So out of curiosity, do you have a favorite supervillain? Um, no, I, I probably not. I don't. It's you know, the, the Once Upon a Time and you know, being a little bit of part of Star Trek and things like that was it, a lot of that was my introduction to this world. You know, this this world was a little bit new to me. I didn't grow up reading comic books, um, and I've gotten I've gotten because of certain projects, I've been able to sort of get more into that a little bit, but. Um, I was watching Disney movies. <laughs> I don't know, I wasn't. So I, I didn't have the same sort of relationship necessarily with comic books as I did with, with the Disney movies and stuff as a kid. Catwoman is pretty incredible. Oh, she, oh yeah, I mean, she's great. I'm into it. What's your name? I'm Miss Fritz, and my question for you is, as a costume designer, um, I pretty much follow the trigger of the costume makes the character. Is there any role or any point um, when you really felt that was true? It definitely makes a huge difference, you know, I mean, we all, you know, what we choose to wear as real people every day is a huge part of um, sort of giving cues to the world of who we are or how we feel about ourselves and, uh, or what we're going through at that time or how we're feeling about that day. Um, so I think, uh, you know, what you wear has a, has a huge part to do with all the characters and I've been very lucky because I feel like I've always gotten to work with costume designers who've really included me in that process and, and let me have strong opinions about what feels right for the character and things like that. Um, and I think every character that that would be true for to a certain degree. I mean, I, I think it takes an incredible amount of internal work to create the character. I, I can't say that I think a character is only its clothes, but um, I think that, that those two things have to work completely hand in hand. You know, you have to sort of physically, tangibly feel the character externally, and you have to also have to do the internal work to have the internal work match that physical. 
Um, and, you know, with Emma, it was an interesting journey because it was really important to um, the showrunners that we created an iconic look for her because Disney characters tend to have that. You know, you see the Snow White dress and you know that's Snow White. You see the Cinderella dress and you know that's Cinderella. And you, you, know, you see certain costumes that have, over the years, from you know, forever, have kind of identified these characters and they wanted something that you could look at and go, I know that's Emma. And so we didn't know what that was gonna be when I got hired. We, we had to figure that out ourselves. Um, and so, you know, it was a real journey to figuring out the red jacket, the boots, and the thing, and the, you know, all that stuff, and, and, and ultimately sort of repeating it and continuing in it and having, having it be such a huge part of who she was um, so that it became its own iconic look. You know, you see someone in a red leather jacket and dark jeans and knee-high boots, and, especially with a sword, sometimes with a gray knit cap, and you're like, oh, that's Emma, you know? So, um, it's something that we, we definitely worked hard to to make as an identifiable thing for that character. Was there ever an outfit or a look that maybe stood out to you above the rest for any of your characters? Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like it, it's so hard because when I'm in something, I'm sort of only in what I'm in. My headspace gets very like myopically focused on the thing that I'm dealing with. Um, but, you know, Emma had a lot of great stuff. I mean, Eduardo Castro, who was our costume designer for, for Once Upon a Time, is, is just so incredibly talented, and he made so many beautiful gowns, and they, they, we had all these people who were so talented working on them. It was like having a couture costume shop, you know, it was really amazing. And, um, you know, Emma got to do the full spectrum, going from very kind of real, ordinary clothes and her leather jackets and boots to extraordinary gowns, all the way to the very couture sort of leather jacket for the dark one. And, um, you know, all of those, all of those dresses were, uh, were a big part of, uh, you know, feeling like there were really many, many identifying moments with costumes with Emma, yeah. Hi, my name is Crosby. Um, my question is, you've played so many strong female characters. Um, are there any female characters, whether Disney, Marvel, or historical, that you would love to play? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of things out there. It's interesting because I, I don't really look at it like I'm trying to aim for certain things that I, I'm wishing would happen. Um, I, I, there's so many things come across my desk. You know, I read all these different scripts, and then I sort of decide if I feel like I connect them or not, or if I feel like I, I'm drawn to it, or if they're, you know, they have to be interested in me as much as I have to be interested in it, and all that stuff. Um, you know, I I would love to play. I, I'm curious to like sort of do some period pieces. You know, I feel like I haven't gotten to do a ton of that, so I would love to do um, do something like that. Um, and, you know, any of those characters that are in that Marvel universe are interesting and fascinating, and it's really, it, it, these days, it just seems like the most interesting way forward to be a part of a franchise and see what that means and see how they grow. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't offhand, can't say like, oh, it's, it's this person that I want to play, but, um, I don't know, I recently posted about this, the new project that I'm doing called Under the Bridge, and I said, you know, I don't know when or how or why I fall in love with certain characters, but when it happens, it happens, and um, there really is a romance to it. You know, you kind of read the script, and it's such a combination of the quality of the writing and the world that it's set in and the people that are involved, and it's not just a decision of, oh, I want that character. It's a decision of, is the big picture of this whole project something that I want to join and, and hope to be a part of? So. Um, so there is a little bit of like you know romance involved in, in finding those characters. Thank you so much. Yeah.
What's your name? Um, I, I think, you know, the whole musical episode is, is sort of my favorite. Um, you know, we, uh, we all really enjoyed being able to bring that uh, new element in. And it felt like the show really lent itself to that. And then also the fact that it was sort of um, accentuating Hook and Emma's wedding. And, you know, it, it was, the, that whole sequence was fun. We enjoyed going in and recording the music, learning the music, recording the music, and then learning the dances, and then being there on the day, and, and being able to, you know, do the choreography with each other, and all that stuff. So, um, I think, you know, those scenes were, were definitely fun. Thank you. Sure. Hi, I'm Danny Um I, I love the musical episode of Once Upon a Time. I've loved Once Upon a Time since it first came out, but I just had to ask, would you do any other musical roles? Because you were really, really... Oh, thank you. Yeah, sure. Yeah, of course. I mean, and once again, it's you never know what comes your way or what people are interested in you for or what they think of you for, but of course, I mean, it's, it's definitely really fun to have music be a part of a project. I grew up doing musical theater, and, um, you know, and it's, music's always been a big part of my life. Well, I hope you continue to do it. Thank you. Do you have a favorite musical? Um, I, we had a bunch that we used to watch as kids. We used to we love the Roger Joan Hammerstein and Cinderella. Um, and we watched Annie over and over again, and Brigadoon, and Gigi. And, um, I was in My Fair Lady, which I loved, and uh, The King and I. You know, we did. We had a lot of, you know, a lot of classics. Yeah, exactly. Which I think, uh, um, you've worked so consistently in television um, over the past years, and I'm always curious about the audition process. Mm -hmm. um, do you have any like really significant memories of auditions that you would want to share with us? Um, well, the last time I auditioned for television was for House, so that was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, I. I mean, all I remember with that audition was like I went in and I had dark hair because I was shooting Mr. and Mrs. Smith at the time, and I was, I think, the very first person to read for Cameron. And I went in, and um, Brian Singer directed the pilot. And he was there, and, um, and I went in and I read. I didn't, I didn't think it went great. It was fine, but I just, I just didn't feel like you know it was necessarily the best. I also didn't think there was any way they were going to hire me to play. I was 23 years old, and I was like, no one's going to hire me to play a 34-year-old immunologist. This is crazy. Um, so I just kind of went home and like, well, at least that's over with. I don't feel great about that. And uh, I was testing for other pilots, so I had like three or four other things I was focused on, and I think I, I must have gone to bed early that night or something, and um, they had said to... Brian, they're like, well, if you really like her, you need to make a decision quickly because she's going to test tomorrow for these other pilots, and then you, you'll lose her. Um, and so he said, all right, well, send me, he had a day of auditions after my audition, and then he said, well, send me some tapes. So they sent him tapes, and one of the tapes they sent him was me, but with blonde hair. So then he got through his auditions, he went home, he watched the tapes, and he got up after watching the tapes, and he called in the morning and said, okay, well, I found one other girl I like. Um, it's uh, this girl, this girl with the blonde hair. And they said, Brian, it's the same girl. <laughs> so you clearly don't know who you want for this, so we should get moving on this test deal because we're going to lose her to another show. So my phone was like 
going crazy ringing, but it was on silent, I was sleeping, oh, it was like a whole kick, it was, cry it was a crisis, but I eventually woke up and I had like 20 missed calls, and I was like, what is going on? So anyway, um, that was just kind of funny, because I mean, I still tested for it, I still went into the network and, and tested, but they, they didn't test me against anyone, it was just the network approving me, basically, and um, it, was, it was me versus me, with different colored hair. <laughs> What would have happened if there was like a redhead version of you? <laughs> I know, it would have been just really exhausting for me. <laughs> Thank you. Out of curiosity, what kind of research had to go into playing that character on House? Um, I, you know, I read a lot of, I tend to do this in general, but I read a lot of memoirs written by doctors. Um, so I read memoirs of all sorts of different kinds of doctors. I read memoirs about doctors who were sort of traumatized by mistakes they had made. I, I read about med students. I, um, I mostly was kind of reading things that I felt like could help me build a person who was experiencing the things that a doctor would experience on a daily basis and the, the guilt that they feel when they don't do something right or the struggles that they have when they have to deliver bad news and things like that. So I did a lot of, um, of that. And then episode by episode, I would look up all the medicine. You, you have to understand it or you can't really talk about it. I mean, it may, it's like speaking another language that you don't understand otherwise. So, um, so in terms of doing the research on the actual medicine, that was sort of like episode by episode. But um, up front, there was a lot, of, a lot of memoirs about doctors. And, like was there anybody on set that was there to guide you guys through the process? Oh yeah, absolutely. There, you know, these shows are always really careful about that. They, there's doctors on staff in the in the writers' room, and there's writers who were doctors or are still doctors but are also writers. And then you also have like a medical technician who's on set with you all the time, and um, they're always there to answer questions and make sure that you're doing, you know, you're looking like you're doing procedures accurately and all that stuff. What's your name? I'm Penelope, and I met you earlier today. I'm a really big fan of Once Upon a Time, and I wasn't a very big fan of season seven, because it was all squashed together. So my question for you today is, what were your thoughts on season seven? I didn't watch it, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, so, I, mean, I, I mean, so I'm not saying that it's because I didn't watch it because I wasn't on it. I didn't, I, I, I just, I, I don't do well if I'm too close to something, you know, so um, I, I watched the first couple episodes at once early on just to kind of make sure things were on track and sort of have a sense that things were coming together and uh, and ultimately it just became just too much for me to watch and, and also feel like I was doing my job the way I wanted to do my job and as authentically as I wanted to do my job. So um, I've really, I've never really seen the show. So, you know, someday when I have some space from it, and, you know, time has passed, I'll sit down and I'll, I'll watch it all start to finish. But um, uh, I, I, I just really have I, I have never watched Once Upon a Time. <laughs> I know that's weird, but I lived it, so, you know. <laughs> What's your name? I'm Ashton. Hi. And I was wondering why you weren't in season seven. Um, I wasn't in season seven because um, we had six year contracts. And so um, I was under contract with ABC for six years. And um, when my contract came up, I had to make a decision as to whether or not I wanted to renegotiate my contract. And once upon a time shot in Vancouver, and I live in Los Angeles, and um, my sister and her family are in Los Angeles, my parents come out and visit all the time, my brother and his wife come out and visit all the time, my closest friends are all in Los Angeles, and I'd lived away from home for a really long time, and I wasn't feeling very well. Um, six years is a long time to be away from everybody you're close to, and so I was very sad, and I had to make a decision to do the right thing for my own life, and I know you're really young, so this probably sounds very far away to you, but, um, you know, 
you, you only get one life, and I'm, I'm at an age in my life where I want to be in my home, and I want to be near my family, and I want to be near my friends, and, um, and it was important for me to go home so that I could take care of myself properly, so I decided not to stay. People ask me this, and I feel I'm so sorry to not answer the question. But I don't ever want to answer the question because I feel like it'd be trying to like single out a friend amongst many friends. I, you know, I care about everybody on the show, and we were a big family, and um, and I feel like everybody brought something so unique and so special to the characters that they played. Um, and it just doesn't feel right to to pick somebody, you know, out out of the bunch. I feel like everybody brought something really special. <laughs> Who's your second favorite? I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. So many good characters. How can you choose? Yeah, exactly. Well, we have a yeah. favorite, and then the rest are the second favorites. There we go. <laughs> Thanks for coming. <laughs> What's your name? You. Which was my favorite episode of Once Upon a Time? It, the musical episode. Yeah, I definitely. Uh, I feel like that one always stands out. You know, it, there were a lot of really great episodes and a lot of things that were really fun to do. Um, but I felt like, uh, you know, the musical really stood out. You know what else stood out was when um, Hook and Emma went uh, back in time. We did the sort of like double episode Back to the Future situation. I don't remember which, which season that was. Three maybe. Two, three. I don't know. You guys know better than I do. Um, but um, but that was fun. Like that, but we just we had a really good time. It was kind of the first time Emma was going to the enchanted forest and wearing dresses and kind of seeing where her family came from. And um, it was yeah. Those those episodes were really fun too. What's your name? Isabella. My cousin introduced me to the show Once Upon a Time. She was the one in the pink sweatshirt. Um, and I've only watched four episodes so far, but I really like it so far. And um, my question is, how do you think you're alike to the character um, Emma Swan and how you are dislike her? Um, I think, you know, the thing I, definitely have in common with Emma is that I, I do always want to do the right thing even if it's the hard thing. That is my heart in life, you know. I want to uh, figure out how to, you know, make a decision that, that seems like the right decision and um, take everyone to cons into consideration in those decisions and I think that's a big part of who Emma was, is. Um, and um, there's lots of differences. I mean, I don't walk like Emma, I don't move like Emma. I kind of talk like her, but not really, you know, she and I have very, very different um, physicalities, and um, and she had a really tough upbringing, you know, she was in the foster system, and she didn't know who her parents truly were until she was an adult, and I have, you know, a really strong family, and my parents are still together, and I'm really close with my sister and brother, and, you know, so I have, I have a very blessed life that way, so um, there's a certain... Um, kind of toughness and, uh, you know, kind of 
coldness to Emma that I, I think is very different than who I am as a real person. Okay, thank you. Sure. <laughs> uh, my name is Savannah, and first off, thank you for coming. Uh, my question is kind of with the adoption and stuff like that. How did you feel when you found out your parents were Snow and Charlie? Um, trying to remember that episode. <laughs> um, it's interesting because, like, you know, as an actor, you can't look at it like, oh, my parents are fairy tale characters. You know, it's like it, that doesn't really compute. I was always trying to find things, find a way to keep it as grounded and as real as possible so that everything I was doing was believable, you know? Um, so I think it was more about Emma finding out that she even had parents and, and that those parents didn't want to give her up and that they did it for a, a really good reason. And even though she'll always be sad that she didn't have her childhood with them, I think she totally understands the decision they made and she sees it from their perspective and so it was more the relief and the the joy of her world expanding in a way where she realized that she had parents and she was going to be able to get to know them and that she was now going to face all of these different feelings that she's never faced before which is you know the resentment that they weren't there but the joy that they are now and how complicated and interesting it is to kind of work all of that out, figure out what it means to, to find your parents as an adult. I understand that because I'm actually going through that right now. Oh my goodness, well, I'm happy that you're with them. What's your name? Uh, my name is Jay, and I just want to say that it was an honor to meet you yesterday. Thank you. Best day, you know, best day, best weekend of my life, so. That's going to be memorable. I'm definitely going to be framing that selfie. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, my question was for, um, I, I saw you on uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith last night on Stars. Okay. And, I was, and I was like, wait a minute, that's the one, that's the one from House, the one yeah. I just met. So, but um, my question was, what was it like working with Angelina Jolie and Hugh Lowry? Uh, yeah, I mean, both of them were amazing. Um, Hugh's, Hugh's incredible. He's an incredible professional. He's good at everything. I mean, he, it really is wild how good he is at so many things. Um, and I, I learned a ton working across from him for, for all of those years. You know, you, you can't help but grow when you're around someone who makes, it kind of pushes everyone to be their best, you know, just by setting the example that he set, by being the actor that he is and the professional that he is. And, um, so he's he's incredible, and um, and Angelina was very similar. I mean, she's she's a consummate professional. She was always you know first one on set, sitting with the director Doug Lyman and talking through the scenes and making sure the logic all added up. And she was incredibly kind to all of the girls who were playing the ITEMP girls. You know, it was like the group of girls that I was in. Um, she was always super cool and grounded and lovely with all of us. And. Um, you know, it's always wonderful when you have uh, a leader on set, like both Angelina was and, uh, and Hugh was, in terms of how professional and prepared and, um, you know, just kind and supportive they were. Thank you. And uh, by the way, I have all the seasons of the house. So. Oh, nice. Nice. Thank you.